0: That we have a Puro Air running in our bedroom, so check it out at getpuroair.com. That's g-e-t-p-u-r-o-a-i-r.com One more time, getpuroair.com. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand, and that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane, I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Today, I'll be discussing frugal living hacks with co-host of the Frugal Friends podcast, Jen Smith. While you don't have to be a minimalist to be frugal or vice versa, I'd argue that frugality and minimalism are like cousins and oftentimes they do influence one another. Jen provided several great tips in this episode and I can't wait for you to hear them. But before we get there, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can continue to help this podcast succeed and grow. I also wanted to thank you again for the continued support with my new book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity. I hope that for those of you that are currently reading it, that you're enjoying it and finding little takeaways that you can use in your day to day. And for anyone that's finished it, I would love to hear what you thought on Amazon or Goodreads. I've seen a lot of the reviews that have started to come in and it's just really exciting to hear what your favorite parts were and I guess how it's benefited you. So keep leaving those Amazon or Goodreads reviews. It's similar to the reviews for the podcast. As those come in, it allows other people to find the content. And really, that's why I'm here. So I so appreciate it. It really does help others find the podcast or find the book in this case. So I just so appreciate it in advance. I think that's it for now. So enjoy this conversation with host of the Frugal Friends podcast, Jen Smith. Jen, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here today to talk about simple methods for earning extra income, savings, and investing. It's something that we haven't really talked about on the show before. I know I've had people talk about values-based budgeting, but I've never had more of an in-depth on how we can simplify these areas, so I'm excited to have you. But before we get into our conversation, I'm going to, as I do every week, allow you to introduce yourself before we get into it.
1: Of course. Thank you. So my name is Jen. I am one half of the Frugal Friends podcast with my co-host Jill Sirianni, Uh and we are super passionate about uh, helping people simplify what they view as their financial life and to actually find out what they care about in their financial life. So it started as just a way to help people save money and spend less and buy less overall, um, embrace minimalism and find out how that intersects with frugality. Um, and it has become so much more we're, we're creating a safe space, uh, for primarily women to feel good about their finances, um, and to learn and grow and brag about how frugal they are mm-hmm. essentially.
0: Yeah. I love that you mentioned the word minimalism and how they really can be they're not the same thing, but they're intertwined. So I'm curious if you consider yourself a minimalist.
1: I do. And so I think the way I view frugality, it's just being a good steward of your resources. Um, So that is initially thought of as money, uh, but it can also be time. And I also think it's the environment. And so if we want to be good stewards of our money, our time, our space, um, that that's going to involve maybe spending a little extra upfront to acquire things that will last longer, that will have less environmental impact, um, will allow us to have fewer things. So like three in one products, 10 in one products, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not always about getting the lowest price or the best deal or the cheapest or whatever, but it does naturally go into that because we are all about buying secondhand. And a lot of times you can buy better quality when you buy secondhand. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do, I do have quite the packet drawer um, because I love to save free packets from like fast food places. And so that's (laughs) kind of where minimalism and frugality uh, kind of come out ahead is stuff like that. But there's a good balance to be had.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking along the lines of Costco because I know so many minimalists would be like, why, why are we buying in bulk for things that we don't need? But I think that there can be an argument to be made for places like Costco and being minimalist.
1: Absolutely. And you have to figure out what you value in order to figure out what am I going to be minimalist on and what am I going to be a, a little bit maximalist on mm-hmm. that can save me some money. And, mm-hmm. and- That balance is different for everyone.
0: Absolutely. Well, we can just go ahead and jump into our conversation. We kind of already have. I wanted to talk (laughs) to you about simple methods for earning extra and then in the areas income, savings, and investing. So um, I was thinking these are going to be like more like frugality hacks. So I am welcome to your input and let's start with income. What are some frugality hacks or just simple methods that we can earn extra income?
1: So I, I I love being frugal with my time. So I don't necessarily love doing things that are kind of low dollar side hustles. Um, but I do love making money. It's kind of my addiction. I'm an Enneagram three, so I'm kind of all about always trying to make money all the time. (laughs) Um, so I found a way to, um, maximize, Mon, like monetizing my life, monetizing things that I would be doing anyways, um, and just getting paid for them. So it started out uh, instead of scrolling social media, I would find these kind of like data entry side jobs where Mm -hmm. I could do a little bit before bed, do a little bit in the morning, like a half hour, and then maybe do some on my lunch. And so I maybe made like maybe 20 bucks a day by doing that. And it took away what I would be doing, which is scrolling social media. Um, And then when we bought our house, we had a spare bedroom that was not being used and we turned it into an Airbnb. So we had people in our house staying in our guest room and using our guest bathroom almost every weekend. Uh, And just by monetizing underutilized space, we made up, over $18,000 in just two years. Yeah. And so we don't do that anymore because we have a baby, but Mm -hmm. it was great. And actually we probably did do it for the first six months of his life because he was still in our bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, But so just finding things, underutilized uh, headspace, time in your day, like maybe you want to exercise more, um, but you're not feeling motivated, then maybe you uh, get on rover and start walking dogs to make some money and it forces you to walk and, and exercise. So just looking at your day and seeing how can I monetize this? If you have a long route home from work, maybe you pick up some Instacart or Uber to like take you in the direction of home. Mm-hmm. It's It's up to you.
0: Wow. I never thought about those things before. I'm kind of wanting to get on Rover now.
1: (laughs) I have friends that love it. They have dogs that they walk like almost like every day or every week and they have become like really great friends with these dogs. Uh, And so they love it.
0: Yeah. That's such a great idea. No, I love that. So what about when it comes to savings? I think that we're always trying to, or a lot of us are wanting to budget and save and have that savings just to fall back into it just in case something happens. So how can we apply simplicity here?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, well, first off, having a minimalist mindset is already going to put you above so many other people who are just all about consuming. And so I think once you have that mindset, it becomes how do I control my impulse spends, so the things that in the moment maybe uh, I'm having a bad day, or I'm very tired, or something, and I make these impulse purchases. So how do we control that? What I love are no spend challenge, and I wrote a book afterwards, kind of detailing all that. But what I th- thought I was doing with these challenges was saving money. You know, if I just stop spending on all discretionary purchases, then I'll save money on whatever that is. But what it actually became was taking a step back from all of my impulse, habitual, mindless spending and having to evaluate okay, why am I making these purchases? Uh, Do I really value this? Why am I here? Is it because I'm tired? Is it because I'm sad? Kind of just dissecting why I was making impulse purchases. Um, And that way I'm able to evaluate. Is this something I value and I want to go back to once the challenge is over, or can I find another way to fill the fill the need that spending is filling, but in a free way? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love using these, you know, short week, two week, month long no spend challenges as a way to cut down impulse purchases, and that will end up saving you more money.
0: So when you have a week or two or a month that you're doing no-spin challenges, what type of boundaries, I guess, do you place on it? Because I think that, for example, if you had to – I'm trying to think – like replace your mattress or something. Like if something happened mm-hmm. that was
1: – yeah. That's a great question because it comes up every month, something unexpected will come up that definitely needs to be dealt with within the month. And usually they come up on the months that you're trying to do a no spend challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I say is you should have a miscellaneous category okay. in your budget every month, non-negotiable. It's not just the place where you put extra money that you don't know where to budget. It's an intentional place. So when you're, when your kid comes up to you and is like, oh, I've had this permission slip for three weeks uh, and it's due tomorrow and I need $20 to go with it. You're Mm -hmm. not like, well, you're out of luck. You're not going to the aquarium, Uh, but you can actually uh, pay for that because it's in the miscellaneous budget. Um, But what it does is it forces you to get creative with how you solve problems, Uh, So instead of for some things, like if something breaks and you'd automatically go out and replace it, uh, first you just take a pause and you're like, okay, how can I get through without this? So my biggest fear, and it hasn't happened yet, but would be if my coffee maker broke while on a no spend challenge, Mm -hmm. uh, because that is how I survive. (laughs) And if that broke, I'd have to get creative. Okay, what can I do? Uh, instead of, I'm not going to buy Starbucks and my coffee maker is broken. Uh, so I go to my buy nothing group and I was like, Hey, does anybody have anything that they can let me borrow or give me? Uh, or I go to, you know, Facebook marketplace and see if there's anything for free or I ask friends, Hey, do you have a second or third coffee maker you're not using? You would be surprised by how many people have second and third coffee makers, Um, but you just go on and ask your friends, Hey, does anybody have this? I can borrow for a few weeks. You start to get creative and that stretches your thinking of what is possible. um, and it grows you as a person. And that way later on down the line, when you're not on a challenge, something breaks. And before you just go out and replace it, you look in the buy nothing group. You look on eBay, you look on Facebook marketplace Mm -hmm. and you start to develop those habits, when you don't have to, but they're developed when, when you quote unquote, do have to on a challenge.
0: No, that's great advice. My other question along with that is if I, during a no challenge, no spend challenge, if I sell things of my own during that challenge, am I allowed to use that money as extra money or is that just considered extra income that I'm gaining? Like, is that not to be included?
1: It's absolutely up to you. I mean, you could you make the rules on your challenge. And the more you customize it, the more it becomes your own, the more ownership you feel about it, and then it becomes something you're more likely to stick to. When it's somebody else's challenge that they designed and they made the rules, you fail at one and then you just give up on it. Mm-hmm. But when you make the rules and it's your challenge, Then, then you decide. Oh, I I broke my rule, but it's okay. I can change it to be like this, and I can just sell something and make up for it. And that's that's the same amount of success because it's getting you thinking. It's getting you to save money. But I mean, there have been times where I'll do kind of like a side hustle challenge where I'll be like, okay, I can only spend uh, on discretionary purchases if. I earn the money from a side hustle or from selling things. So that's just a different kind of no spend challenge and you get to decide what you want to do.
0: Yeah. So the reason I mentioned that is because in January, my husband and I, we did a no spend challenge and he didn't even want me using gift cards that I had gotten at Christmas. He was really (laughs) wanting us to pull back from the idea of just spending and to get out of those Uh habits. And again, that worked for us, but it is going to look different if you customize it. And I don't I don't want people to fail because they've used Diane and Marty's rules for their own. So I like mm-hmm. that you said that. And then the other thing that I was going to say in regards to selling things in my home, something that I have found that works really well for us is that if I am going to sell something, we don't have a lot of room in the budget for Household purchases or decorations, but if I sell something, I'm allowed to use that money to put it towards like a new lamp or whatnot. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I get that money. It's kind of the idea of one in, one out. And so mm-hmm. if I'm going to bring something new in, it's going to be something old coming out, and it's only until I sell those things that I can come in. So again, that might be really rigid for someone, but it works for us, and it's kind of fun to challenge yourself like that.
1: Yeah, and it's not always feasible to do it like you know, every time you bring, bring something in, Mm -hmm. something goes out. So that's why it's good to just kind of take a little reset for a month and be like, okay, I brought some things in. I'm not happy with how, you know, my desk looks. I say that because I just cleaned like my desk today Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I was not happy with how it looks. So I, but I did it in one fell swoop instead of doing it every time something landed on the desk. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's, that's why these little resets are so good. You get to design it. It's based on the things that you are struggling with. So like sometimes people are like, okay, but what do I do about gas and like my bills? Mm -hmm. I was like, do you impulse spend gas? (laughs) This is not not like just, you know, impulse spending your utility bill. This is to control the things that you don't want to overspend on. In
0: 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness. 2020 was interesting. So let's just do a mental health check-in. How are you, really? And what do you need right now? Humans are not meant to keep everything inside. It makes us sick, and therapy helps. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Not dealing well with stress. Whatever it is that you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you, because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Minimal's mom listeners get 10% off the first month at betterhelp.com/minimalist. That's betterhelp h e l p.com/minimalist. If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, recess zero proof craft mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as Lime Margarita and Grapefruit Paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at TakeArecess.com minimalist. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. My next question for you is in regards to investing, frugality hacks around investing, and this is something we have never talked about on the podcast. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say.
1: Yeah, I maybe took for granted, and I shouldn't have. But when I when we were paying off debt and uh, ended like became debt free, I was so clueless about investing, and I listened to what other people told me, um, but I still i I didn't take I didn't do any of my own research at first. And then it wasn't until I got like skeevy feelings about the you know financial planner we were working with. And I'm like, maybe I should do my own research um, and found out that, that we were kind of doing it all wrong for where we were. But I've been doing this for so long now, three years, I kind of forget uh, that everybody else is kind of where I was. And so... You will you will hear all kinds of differing advice. Like I've I've been giving, I've been doing TikTok videos mostly about Roth IRAs, and I on and I've found that people are promoting universal life insurance as an investment account, and it's just like I, there's so many things out there. But we are all about keeping it super super simple. Um, so I'm not a certified financial planner, so I can't give um, you know financial. I can't give investment stock recommendations, but I can tell you what we did. Um, so we started out very simple, literally one index fund. And and we use index funds because they're very low cost as opposed to an actively managed mutual fund. So we used one index fund um, and we went with Vanguard. Uh, but Fidelity is a great uh brokerage as well. And those are two that are very easy to find. And we used a target retirement fund. Mm -hmm. And literally, we just based it off the year we thought we were going to retire, which is 2055, chose the target retirement date fund 2055. And that was it. And we kept that one for a while. Um, And then we wanted to have a little bit more control um, of the allocation. We just, you know, it had been a few years and we got wanted to get a little fancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we went to a two fund portfolio and it was just 90% uh, in a total stock market fund and 10% in a total bond fund. And that's it. And and we have since gotten a little more complex and I won't go over all that with you, but literally that's how we started. We put a thousand dollars into this one index fund, mm-hmm. really low fees, automatic rebalancing and, auto allocation. So you don't have to think about any of that. And so we we got this index fund, we put it in our Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing people are like, should I have a, a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, a 401k? They're all great. They are all great. I didn't have a 401k at the time we started. So we opened a Roth IRA, which is really great um, for people. It does have an income limit. um, But if you're under the income limit, and you can just Google um, IRA income limit for the year that you're listening to this, uh, it's about, it it starts at 140K. Uh, And as long as you're under that, typically, again, can't give financial advice for your specific place that you're at, but uh, very simple and Tax advantaged. It's mm-hmm. it's great. That's what we um, did, and for the most part, still looks like. You know, that's the basis of our investing. Mm-hmm. And I want people to know to do their own research for what's right for them. I think that's the big takeaway. And I can share what I did so that you kind of know. Okay, this is something that somebody else did, so that sounds right, and you have something to compare it to. But ultimately. Uh, Books are really your best friend when it comes to investing because you you will you can piecemeal a lot of information mm-hmm. um, on Google and really Google is a great place to go. The results on the first page of Google are typically very reliable sources. Um, Nerd Wallet, Bankrate, Investopedia—these are very solid places to get information from. Mm-hmm. Um, the book that I read that taught me a lot about investing is called the simple path to wealth, uh, by JL Collins. And that one is really, really great. You can skip the chapter on bonds. That one is very complex. (laughs) Put me to sleep many Mm -hmm. times before I just skipped it, but the rest of the book is wonderful. And that's where we got that two fund portfolio, um, I you know inspiration mm-hmm. essentially and uh and yeah that's probably my favorite book and then also um Bola Sukumbi from Clever Girls Finance just released a book called um I no learn how to invest grow your wealth and that is another book that I'm now recommending mm-hmm. because it's so easy to read and it is a it will become a go-to source for you to look up terms and and learn So those two books, if you want to learn about investing, highly recommend.
0: Great. Well, I'll be sure to include those in the show notes for sure. Well, do you have any other frugality hacks when it comes to any of these, anything that we missed or um, anything else that you wanted to share?
1: I think finding the balance between frugality and the things that you want to splurge on or be minimalist on or, or whatever. There, there's a balance between all of these lifestyle techniques. If you were to hear me talk about goals, I would say something totally different. I feel like balancing goals is not, a, is, you can't do it. But when you're talking about your actual lifestyle, you kind of have to. Because sometimes the things that we really want to do are not the best for us. And we have to balance them with the things we need to do. So finding out what's really important to you, um, whether it's being Uh, sustainable and environmentally friendly versus minimalist versus frugal and finding this happy balance. Um, and then giving yourself grace when you're not perfectly living in the balance Mm -hmm. (laughs) is, uh, I think the most important part to, to making these lifestyles sustainable.
0: Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Well, where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you and listen to your show?
1: Absolutely. So, um, every Friday we put out a new episode of the frugal friends podcast, and you can find me at modern frugality everywhere on social media. Um, and I have a free financial wellness workbook. Um, if you want to get all of your finances out on the table and start looking at the full picture of where you're at, so you can see where you can be saving more, where you can be earning more, um, where you want to invest, Then go to modernfrugality.com slash audit, A-U-D-I-T, and you can get this, like, financial wellness audit workbook for free.
0: Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest, and the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now, a.k.a. what is your minimalist moment of the week?
1: My minimalist moment of the week literally happened right before this interview is my desk. I got rid of some things that I've been trying to get rid of. room in the recycling bin. And cause it's so hard to get to the recycling bin cause it's not in my office. Mm. So it's all the way in the kitchen. So I finally did that today. <laughs>
0: No, that's great. I will sometimes with a desk or even our countertop, if it's starting to get a little bit more cluttered than I like, I'll just grab this big box that I have from the basement and I put everything in there. So everything is completely mm, clear. Yes. And then I'd rather just have that space clear and then go through that box at my own leisure and my own pace. And everything needs to have a place or else it's gone, recycled, or mm-hmm. donated or trashed. So I love doing that. It feels we're not quite the spring, but just having a little bit of spring cleaning here and there is very helpful. Yeah. My last question for you as we end here is what is something that you can't stop talking about?
1: Um, something I can't stop talking about right now, I think because I've been doing so many TikTok videos on it, is the Roth IRA. Okay. Uh, it is, it's great. It's obviously not right for everyone, but like I think 90% of the people, it would do so well uh, to start a Roth IRA, start early, because time in the market is often more powerful than the amount of money we put into the market. Uh, So starting to invest even with a little bit can be really powerful.
0: I'll have to follow you on TikTok and watch some of these because like I said, a lot of this is over my head and I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that, but my husband takes care of all of our stocks and investments. And so I know that it's a lot easier than I probably am making it up in my mind, but I Mm -hmm. I, I'll love to watch your TikToks.
1: Yeah. I'm all about simplicity and if it were complex, I would not do it. Yeah. And when things get really complex, I'm like, when can we hire a financial advisor? But for for now, everything is very simple, and and so yeah, it's it can be a little confusing. But once you sort it all out, then it is this uh, you know pretty little puzzle mm-hmm. that grows your wealth.
0: Yeah, well, Jen, thank you so much. You gave me a lot to think about, and just ways that I can have extra money in a side hustle and investing in these Roth IRA. I'm going to talk to my husband about that. I'm pretty sure we have one, but I'm just going to double check. But I just (laughs) appreciate everything that you shared today. And I hope that people come over and listen to your podcast because they're going to benefit even more from listening. So I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. What did you think of the interview? I really like how Jen talked about doing a no-spend challenge, and I would encourage you to look at where you can maybe fit that in within your year. I know that my husband and I like to do that every January, just start the year off with just a little bit more intention when it comes to spending. So I would love for you to do the same and let me know how it goes. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with bus. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.